Hey, what's up, guys? This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to the XO Podcast. Today, I sat down to talk with Josh of London-based crossover duo Modestep. These longtime bass staples in the electronic dance music scene are highly known for their influential songs such as Sunlight, Another Day, and many, many more. They have overall accumulated more than 100 million streams worldwide, and I am so happy to have Josh on the show today. This show was filmed on October 29th, 2020. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning into the XO Podcast. Today, we have a super special guest, Josh from Modestep. How are you doing? How's it going? I'm all right. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing good. How's everything out in LA? Um, it's very nothingy. That's like a really good descriptive term for what Los Angeles is right now. Very um, nothing. Nothingy. Do you mean no gyms, no restaurants, nothing? Yeah, since March. So it's just uh, a, a long time of uh, uh, stay in your house and do nothings, basically. Oh, my goodness. Literally just absolutely insane. Yeah, I don't know how people are supposed to cope. I guess most people aren't. And, you know, I actually ventured out yesterday for the first time, like around my area, just for a, for a walk, like a bit further than where I usually go. Mm-hmm. And there are homeless shelters and, and tents everywhere in places there were never ever ever before so um it's not looking good for for los angeles right now just rows and rows of tents i've heard that from multiple people who live out there Mm -hmm. especially by venice beach and places that were not really populated by homeless people yeah are now just completely disrupted yeah overrun with it yeah and it's I can totally feel it, you know, I can, I can feel it like there's no, there's no um, like structure or direction or voice for Los Angeles. You just feel like we've been told one set of things in like around like May. And apart from that, we haven't really been told anything. So we're just kind of left to just get on and there's no help or no anything. I, I, it's really, uh, it's confusing. It's, yeah. it's absolutely confusing. And, and the lack of like communication from government officials to the actual people right, of California yeah. is just absolutely insane. It's quite, it's quite appalling. And I, and I totally understand it. And it is a very liberal state. I mean, it's populated by artists, it's populated by the entertainment industry, but you mm. would think by now, six months into this, pretty much it started it. I remember I played my last show at the beginning of March. I'm sure mm-hmm. you all did too. And yep. then after that, it was just like, stop, halt. There we go. Mm-hmm. And and do you live with your brother in LA or is he overseas? Is he still with you? Yeah, so my my brother lives back in 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 the UK. Pat is living in Hollywood, um, uh, so he's like he's not too far away. Um, but I'm like I'm just uh, yeah living with my girlfriend and my doggos out yeah. in uh, out in Echo Park by by the Dodgers Stadium. And, oh, there you go. So I'm sure yeah. and it's just so crazy that I see the videos because the Dodgers, I'm a baseball fan. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. from where the Rays are. I'm from Tampa right. Bay. Oh, so, shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw the videos, you know, even after the Lakers won. And it's just thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And it's so hard for me to conceptualize how, how that's maybe not 
necessarily allowed, but it's being entertained. It's but definitely yeah, being entertained. You definitely. Know, you definitely. Know, I mean, like I, I live here, so I'm right by the entrance to the Dodgers stadium. And the crazy thing is like, I've spoken to my agent and they've tried to get driving shows to be done like within Los Angeles. And they've just said outright, not happening, no driving shows, can't, can't allow that to happen. But there's a drive in here every week for baseball. So you could come in here and watch the games, drive in, and they've got big screens. And it's like, I don't understand. It's already there. It's ready to go. Like you could literally drive in a band and then that's it. There's no difference. So it just feels to me that that's where the money is. And that's really what's driving LA more than anything else is financial reason. And, but it's, it's, it's so unfortunate because the entertainment industry is a multi-billion dollar industry that we're making just as much money. And I, and I understand TV and, and other marketing aspects here and there, but it's just so sad. I saw Riot 10 announce the first drive-in I've seen in Los Angeles like 24 hours ago. It's not, I don't think it's LA. No, he's put it's Los Angeles, but it's not, no, it's It's not LA. No, it's just a drive. It's near, it's in California, but it's not LA. I've seen in SoCal, they've had Mm -hmm. the pod shows and they're Uh starting to do the drive-in shows. And that's where we kind of started at like mid-July was doing Mm -hmm. those pod uh, the closest shows. now is like the NOS Center, which is like a two-hour drive, something like that from, from LA. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's That's just a nightmare. We were talking about before you got on that you were thinking about moving to Austin. And, Ye- and, yeehaw! And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cowboy hats galore. But their, but their music scene there is is popping off right now, too. I know. They're they're, actually like... They're throwing shows. Yeah, they're throwing shows. I mean, look, you can argue it's not the safest thing to do, but at least they're giving people the option and their own choice, which is like, I understand that like, maybe they shouldn't be happening, but I think people should be given the right eight months into something where like nothing has really helped in any way. There's no vaccine. Mm. People don't even... There's certain like general health precautions that... I think that everybody should be taking such as wearing a mask, such as social distancing, something that you would put into place regardless of what's going on, regardless if it Mm -hmm. was COVID or another outbreak. Like Mm -hmm. it it was kind of a long time coming. However, kind of like herd mentality, especially in the place that you're living in in LA right now, everyone's completely broken down their immune systems by staying inside, by not Mm -hmm. being around other people. And you're seeing places like Denver and Philly start to open up and now they're shutting down again. I think Wisconsin, I was talking to my manager earlier because cases are spiking and it's the same thing that happened in Florida when they opened up in June. And when you've got restaurants running at 50%, 25%, whether it's outside or not, you're going to see those cases go back up because of employees working, you know, whatever the reason. And it's Mm -hmm. like, at one point you have to make that jump. It's like, are you just going to keep us closed forever? Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. And I think so many people are going to suffer from like economy so and, and people. it's going to kill. It's already killed our economy. It's already, yeah, it's already and, killed and it. Yeah. Focusing more on our industry. It's killing our industry. It's, it's like, and, and you all are originally from London, correct? Are mm-hmm. you from yep. you, around that area? Yeah, so yeah. London. Yeah. I've seen you guys post on your Twitter. I, I've, I've talked to bad cloud. I've talked to odd profit. I've talked to all of those guys. And are they basically just telling you to find a new profession? Mm, yeah they actually did like advertising campaigns and everything geared towards it being like uh blah 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 is a ballerina she could be a professor i saw the thing with the ballerina and oh that makes me just so frustrated and it's like having um you know friends who have children and, and other stuff like that and their kids are in school and it's just like art's not even a thing that's pushed anymore 
It's, mm-hmm. it's just starting to be phased out. And then to see governments come among their people and put millions of dollars behind these ads to basically say an underlying analogy to, hey, you might as well figure something out because this isn't coming back anytime soon. Well, I think it's it's worse than that. I think it is go fuck yourself. You chose the wrong profession. I think it's as simple as that. And it's like, oh yeah, I'll sing a song. You know, these are like the people who are making these decisions are like 65 year old conservative pe- royal blooded people who have absolutely no interest whatsoever in the arts or music. So uh, it's, it's tough that there's no representation because the reality is that uh, Music brings four billion every year to to the UK alone. So it's it's crazy money. It's it's not crazy a financial money. thing. It's it's ignorance more than anything else. But it's ignorance, and I feel like they associate certain problems with with substances or alcohol or crime with yeah. these concentrated fields of work. And it's just so sad because it's not supposed to be that way. The, mm-hmm. From from my understanding, the UK is a very pleasant place to live, and we're yeah. starting to see kind of it it a sense of control on our people emplaced on us where we're given ultimatums and and yeah. it's just uh, mm. yeah and it, it comes from like a, a a really like uninformed place as well and that's what upsets me is like all the scientists and all the doctors in the uk agree upon one thing that mm. lockdown isn't necessarily working i mean even yeah. like even even who, you know, World Health Organization are saying the amount of damage you're doing to people by locking them down and the damage you're doing to the economy completely negates worse. all of the benefit that you get from locking people down in the first place. So, um, yeah, it's just it's politicians politicizing things, unfortunately, and that's where we're at. Absolutely. I feel like when you're a politician and you don't know how to listen to the other people who are put there in place to inform you because they're wiser than you, it's mm. like an ego death thing. It's like you have too mm-hmm. big of an ego to listen to anybody who's smarter than you or admit you were wrong. And mm-hmm. we see this in our country and you're seeing it, you know, you're seeing it where you guys are from. And it's very scary because it's uneducated uh, decisions and, and kind of like the things how fact checking and, and stuff like that has started to be implemented on social yeah. media and kind of waving, which potentially goes into our First Amendment right of freedom of speech, which is a yeah. little bit scary. Um, yeah. I, I like the whole fact-checking thing because, you know, you've got our president saying things that are getting... Yeah, just Ill. false, just totally false. And, and like, that kind of uh, that kind of outright, uh, outspoken nonsense is harmful. Like, And I'm with you with this whole, like, freedom of speech, but then when does it get to a point where, like, freedom of speech can be dangerous because what you're telling people is things that harm themselves, you know? Correct. So, like there's freedom of speech and then there's actually like criminal activity. I think those two things are very, very different and they get confused sometimes in America. Very, very, very different. It's like comparing the peaceful protests to the people breaking the windows and breaking in and stealing yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Things. Exactly. And where, did you witness any of that in LA? It was pretty, I know it was pretty bad in LA to a certain extent because there, there yeah. were so many protests. Yeah, I only I, I was just watching it on the news. Like where we live is 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 luckily just a bit out from all of that stuff, like a ten minute ten minute drive away. But Pat saw a lot of it. They had to like board up their place and stay inside for, where they were. Yeah. When we I played at I played um at Skyway Theater and mm-hmm. I had talked to the uh, general manager there and he said because that's where the whole George Floyd thing happened and he said mm-hmm. shortly after George Floyd was killed they had to board up their whole venue because yeah. people were setting cars on fire and people were just doing all of this stuff. It's very scary. And even, even here in Tampa, when like somebody set off 
kind of a makeshift bomb and then the National Guard was sent in and it's just wild. You would never think (sighs) that this would, if I could bet money about a year and a half ago in Vegas that this was going to happen, I would have because I would have been a millionaire. And it's mm-hmm. just like it's 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 just so surreal and it's hard sometimes to take a step back and say what is going on. And then in in more of that I feel like people need music even more now mm-hmm. in some sort some sort of sense of connectivity, but at the same time I find myself questioning all the time like is this post that important right now? Like are there mm-hmm. other things to focus on? And I feel like Yeah. I don't know. You guys have taken that front where you've used your platform as all artists should be to mm. educate people about things going on in the world instead of just turning a blind eye to it. Well, I, hate, I don't like to see it like that because I don't like to see that I'm smart enough or like educated enough to really like give people like fact or fiction, but I'm definitely telling my opinion on, on how I feel all the time. Um, mm. You take it as you will. That's the thing. Like I, I'm not right all the time for sure. But um yeah, try and like at least give give uh, an outside perspective. Like someone who's come from the UK to this country, it's very, uh, it's a bit more obvious uh, what's going on here compared to someone who's lived here their whole life and just dealt with the media and dealt with how things are run out here. I mean, it's, it's yeah, when you first move here from another country, it's it's crazy. It's it's a complete wild wild west situation out here. So tell me though, like, because I have lived here my whole life, like, yeah. what did you think when you moved here, and like. What do people who you talk to at home think is going on here in the United States? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess people in the U uh, in the UK think they they kind of know what's going on here because, like, uh, America in the news, it's always like the media. We look we look to America for the big news for everything because we mm. this is where all the the celebrities are from and all Hollywood and this and the other. So it's always in on TV, but definitely not the other way around. People have no idea in America what's going on in the UK. Like, it's yeah. It's foreign. And to be honest with you, what's crazy is since I moved here, I only get American news and I totally lost touch with what happens back home. And what I've had to do is actually switch all of my uh, uh, stuff to VPN so that it thinks that I'm back in the UK. You get different Google results. Like I Google something back home and I get a different result to what I get here. And that's that's worrying. That's it's a really strange, scary. worrying thing. You get different results based on the state and county right. that you live right. in. If you're yeah. registered as a Republican, if you're registered as a Democrat, you get different things when you look in, is climate change real? Is right? oil impacting our country? If yeah. I'm a registered Republican and I'm living in Austin, Texas, I'm going to get that climate change isn't real and that this is something that's being put in place by the Democrats and science mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Yeah, and- right. So I was just confused by that. Like, re- and, and, and it made me believe, like, it made me realize that this country has very little control over what they believe and what they feel because fact is totally warped for them. I mean, like... Yeah. I try and not watch TV because it is, it's so poisonous out here. I, I watch it for five minutes and I'm like, what am I watching? What is this? It's like abuse on the senses. It's just noise, bright color, noise, scare, noise, bright color, scare. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 what's happening? What's happening? And I found myself like at the start of the pandemic realizing this and realizing that like news is really, really bad. And it's actually like really bad for you as a person to even interact with this stuff. So I just blocked all of it out. I don't want to like hear Trump's name twice a day. Like I think all of that stuff is bad for you. It's yeah. nothing to do with your life and you shouldn't really and it until it means something. people's lives. Oh, fuck. It consumes their lives. And like, I would like to think that, that 
<laughs> we deal with a lot of unintelligent people, but I would like to think there's a, an upper echelon of our industry where most people are pretty intelligent and they have enough experience so. to uh, just make executive decisions based on their past experience as well as their beliefs. Mm. And a lot of America is just really stupid and they believe what they hear. And they, sorry, sorry, I'm going to get there. They're going to be like, you think America's stupid, whatever. Um, but, but it is, it's, it's, oh, yeah. well, this Facebook news, did you see this on Facebook? Da, 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 and you click on the link and it's not even what the headline said. It's not real. I mean, it's, it's made, real. but it may not even be made in this country. Like Correct. propaganda is so easy in this country. It's so easy because you only have like five mainstream ways of com communicating to the news. Like there's just big companies own everything, everything from where you buy your food to who kills the animals to for you to eat to everything is done by a large corporation. Those are the guys giving money to all the politicians. So there's just this ho horrible circle of like money means everything out here. And I understand it's a capitalist country, but there's just something that needs to be fair for it to be capitalist and fair because it's not. Correct. And those two things, unfortunately, I don't feel like fit in the same sentence. You mm -hmm. can't have capitalism and you can't have the word fair in the same sentence because it's not going to happen. And I feel like even though this may not be um, the, the right analogy, I feel like since the Civil War happened, there has not been a greater sense of division within mm. our country financially and mm. racially and mm. just like everything, just the everything yeah. and, and, and politically, you know, so so it's just. It's scary. Uh, the the election the election coming up is. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about politics, and look here we are talking <laughs> about politics. But it matters. It matters, yeah. you know. And and it matters that you vote. If you're a, if you're a United States citizen, you should go and vote. And um, definitely what, do that. What's cool is that you know with our generation, um, I'm 23, and I think and I think uh, the generation above me and the generation that just turned 18 maybe even above them in their mid thirties, they mm -hmm. never really put voting as a priority. And this no. year I, I would like to be confident to say that, that you're going to get a way larger percentage of people. It's already, apparently, yes. apparently it's already the biggest voting that they've ever had, but it's no wonder everyone's locked at home and just like uh, politics has been rammed down at everyone's throat for like eight months. So, Nonstop. um, but you know what? I've, I've, I think everyone's going to be a bit disappointed at the election day. That's all I'm going to say. I don't, I don't think it's going to be what everyone thinks it's going to be. No, I don't think it is either. And I don't think we're going to get an answer on election day. I think mm -hmm. it's potentially going to run until the end of 2020 to figure mm -hmm. out who the president is. And they're, yep. both parties are going to challenge each other. Both oh, parties yep. are going to say it's rigged, yep. especially with the mail-in ballot option because of the pandemic. It's just going to yep. be a shit show. No, there's going to be poo flying everywhere. People just throwing <laughs> shit at each other. It's more, it's, more, oh. uh, yeah, more headlines, more, more media crap. But um, oh yeah, well, well, at least I, I think there's been some silver linings for some musicians throughout this year. As mm -hmm. I, I want to say confidently, since I've dove into this this genre, um, which has been a lot less of a time than you all have have been in the genre that there's been some of the most innovative music coming out of it. Yeah, and, no doubt. You know, very intriguing, mind-mending, time-signature differences music. And, mm -hmm. and I don't know, what do you guys think about that? Have you guys had time to really experiment and mess around with a lot of music? Or have you guys just been kind of not in, not in the zone, just chilling? 
Yeah, so like at the start of uh, of lockdown, I was for the first four months, I didn't make any music whatsoever. It was just like, fuck, what's happening with the world? I like when I'm anxious, the last thing I want to do is make music. It's not like that's just not me. So, and to be honest, I don't make a lot of music as it is. I'm, I'm everything I make bar like probably like five tunes ever people have heard so like i make songs and they get they get released i don't i don't sit i'm not like a producer's producer who sits there and makes 400 tunes a week and just Mm -hmm. fires them all out and then yeah it's just not me so like but i've been listening to more music than i've listened to full stop um at the start of lockdown i started streaming doing like feedback streams and i was just getting sent so much music uh, to the point where, like, every time I'd ask people for dub plates, I'd be sifting through four to eight hundred tunes, oh. and I'm like, "This hasn't happened since like 2010, where I'm I've got like music to pick from." Every time I want to do a DJ set, I'm like, "Spoilt for choice." Like, can I do two hours? You know, that hasn't happened in so long. There's so much talent, and it's getting younger and younger and younger. So like, young, yeah, so yeah. young. Some Make of me these feel kids- crazy old. Literally, I, I, I have this conversation all the time. I'm like, I got in right when I was supposed to get in because the next generation coming behind me are like high schoolers. <laughs> and, it's, it's really, it's I was crazy. listening to, I was listening to more Kismet like uh, on a plane journey oh for the last show gosh. that I did. And I was just like, how? Like, what the fuck? How? Like when, when I was that age, I was, they're 15, right? So it's like when I was that age, what the fuck was I making? I, I barely had a computer that could even run Fruity Loops at that point. Like, yes. And I, now yeah. kids are making music that's like intricate, delicate, emotional. Like it's got everything. That and are cohesive like, pieces of music. Yeah. Like real music, not just beat making or like, like rhythm for the best part was like sound design and just, mm-hmm. just like a certain thing. But now it's all of those influences for the last 10 years have all come together and creativity is happening again. And we're getting people like Papa Khan, who I know you had on like him coming through and me hearing like, Oh shit, melody is back. Like people, I can sit down at a DAW and just make a song, put some drums behind it. And for the first time ever, people are going to fuck with it. Whereas maybe even last year, it had to have a certain level of like machine gun aggression and club bangers. A, it was strictly club yeah. bangers and no actual, yeah. that's, that's one thing that like why you all have been such an inspiration to me and, and the direction that I've gone with using my vocals and such is because you've always focused on making full songs. And I think maybe yeah. that comes from the fact that you guys w- were in a band before and you did full songs and you wrote uh, following a regular song structure of verses, yeah. chorus, pre-chorus, all of that shit. But until quarantine, until maybe April, May of this month, it was just writing whatever you could get a big DJ to play out in the club. So exactly. Video, so yeah, this it. has changed the scape of it totally. And it's really cool. Like I did, um, I did uh, an Insomniac mix uh, that was like all just melodic, heavy melodic. Obviously, like everything we play is slightly heavy. Yeah. But the kind of DJ set that I played for that, everyone was raving about the set and how it was like, had emotions and make them felt feel a certain way. And like, you wouldn't get that just playing banger, 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 like sat at your laptop. You're just going to be like, Oh, this is noisy. I want to turn it off. Yeah. And that's the reality. Like you don't want to watch like a, like even watching like lost lands two years ago, you watch it on your TV. And after a few hours, you're like, Oh, I just want to be there. Like, that's yeah. why I really want to, I just want to be there and experience this. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not like content that's made for just sitting at home and enjoying. I just think right. that we've had the the uprising of, 
so much uh, musical talent who otherwise probably would have gone under the radar, you know. I'm not even sure if they would have been given the time of day. They wouldn't have been given the time of day. Absolutely not. I, I fully believe that people like, you know, and they would have made it and I think they would have come to light, but it would yeah. have taken a hell of a lot longer yeah. than everyone having their eyes on Twitter for the clips and and Instagram and YouTube for the virtual sets. And it and all of a sudden became, I mean, I hated doing the virtual sets, but it was a way to connect with people who had yeah. never seen me before. And, yeah. and, and, and it's really cool. And, and the way that you can interact in the chat and the way that you can put it on YouTube and do this kind of stuff and, and Twitch streaming that's opened up kind of the gateways for, for production and demo streams and feedback streams. And it's, it's a different way to connect with your audience. And I, and I wonder if it'll ever go away. In my personal opinion is uh, I don't think so. out, I don't think it will. No, yeah, I think we're, this is now like the new norm, as people are saying. But as well as that, it's also made musicians focus on what's important. And like, like as much as live music and live touring is important, I think um, it's separate to, to music somewhat. Like it's separate to recordings and records. And I feel like there's now this uprising of people who are like, you know what, I make really good records. They get millions of plays every month and I'm not getting the money for it. And I'm not getting like Spotify's taking most of the money or the labels taking most of the money. I don't even need either of those things. I can plug it to my own fan base and, and they'll still buy it. So I think there's also this shift from musicians, especially now we've all been left in the shit, you know, we've all just been left in the dirt to get on and do whatever the fuck we can with any money we can personally make for ourselves. Yeah. All governments have said, fuck you. Um, and now we're just in a position where all these laws and all this infrastructure that was created around uh, musicians earn from live music, full stop. It's now all having to change a bit. And we might see that uh, musicians start uh, unionizing and coming together and realizing that we need to take a stand to get the money we deserve. I think Absolutely. there's been a few people who have mentioned recently, it's like, up until now, I didn't mind the Spotify, the fact that they took most of my money, because it was just like, that's not most of my earnings. But now we realize that we're making all this art and we're making stuff that everybody is enjoying and we're not getting the fucking money from it. You know, The main source of income has been, has been exiled. It's been mm -hmm. said, okay, never mind, because it's always just been make the record to support the record by touring and make your income to go back into the studio and make another record. But and it's not fair. That's the thing fair. that I've realized now is like, why is, why do we have to tour in order to make money? We should like record labels can survive like big old universal with its five story building and it's 600 employees. Yeah. They're doing just fine because they're still pumping music out and people are still buying it. And if anything, they're probably doing better now because people are, probably sat at home buying stuff more. Correct. And, and it's just like, I have the conversation all the time where you just hear about artists just getting raped up and down the wall from pop artists to electronic yeah. musicians, even from the point where, you know, you have music outsourced to a publicist and it gets mm -hmm. picked up by Dove or it gets picked up by some big corporation and you're still making hardly anything compared mm -hmm. to what their gross profit is. And, yeah. and it's all because my personal opinion is because musicians and people who hold the passion of music and art aren't the ones running our industry. It's mm. businessmen. Yep. And, and it's people where, especially in our industry, and I'm sure it happens elsewhere, rapper, you know, rock bands and such, people just sign their life away just to be able to share their art. Yeah, and, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I've done it twice in my career. Yeah. Uh, first in 2010, where we, where I literally went from working in the Apple store, 
for six months, I was working at Apple Store because I was trying to like earn enough money just to start up my own management company and do something. Yeah. And um, I was working there and I heard like a few dubstep tunes and I'm obviously making music all the time. And I just made one dubstep tune, one dubstep tune that suddenly now it's getting played on radio and they're, they're thinking, all right, this could get in the charts. This is on MTV now. Okay, right. One tune, that's all it took to have five record labels biting at each other to try and sign me. They would, oh, you want this? Okay, cool. Add it to the deal. Okay, you want this? Add it to the deal. To the point where it's like six figures on the table. You're like, okay, cool. I am now about to be a rich fucking musician. No questions asked, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and you're, you're like, you're brought in and then they take you to these amazing dinners. I came to LA to do my first show while I was still working at the Apple store. I came here, we sold out what is now the Fonda in LA. It used okay. to be the music box. Wow, and what year was this? Sorry, tell me to 2011, I want to say, okay, 2011, okay, okay. right. So we sold it out and on the front row, you had Steve Berman. Okay, so Steve Berman is head of Interscope Records. He signed Lady, Gaga, uh, fucking Eminem, you know, like some of the biggest musicians on the planet. He's in the front row going, fucking dancing after the show. Come to my office. We go to his office. Oh, you like Dr. Dre headphones. Here's a bunch of Dr. Dre headphones. I'm going to make you the biggest artist on the planet. You know, all of this shit. And you're just like, it's all fucking bollocks. He said this to me and he said this to five other people before me this week. It's like, but you believe it. I, I had no idea other than what I've seen in movies, which is exactly how this played out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a superstar. But no, like 10 years later, I'm still paying back debts from both of those deals. You know how Kanye recently like posted all of his, uh, that's literally, I was, that's what I was referring to, but yes, yeah, yeah, right. There we go. Yeah. Like being raped on the, on, he was, uh, that's how it, exactly how it's being described on the, on the Joe Rogan thing. Yeah. Like he's right. He's right. You, you sign these deals. My lawyer was friends with the record company. So he wanted them and to get the best end of the deal. And they're running it behind your back. Yeah. Totally behind my back. I was told oh. I'd never have to pay this shit back. It's happened to me twice. I'm still paying debts off. And, and for the next 10 years, we'll still be paying debts off because of people, like you say, who aren't musicians, they're businessmen. They walk around in their brand new suits and this, that, and the other. Oh yeah, you should do this. You should do that give you all the opinions in the world, but they're just there to take your money. And that's, I think like Corona has exposed a lot of people who are in this industry that don't need to be in this industry. And hopefully the good thing we can get out of it is when it restarts back up is we're going to be more aware of everything that's been done to us. We're going to change how things move forward and we're not going to allow um, just industry types to run it anymore. Like it's been great to see a bunch of record labels start up by artists and that's the way it should Amazing. be. Yeah. Amazing. And they're, and they're climbing and they're growing debatably mm-hmm. faster than all of these very established labels are. And that's how yeah. it needs to be run. And, mm-hmm. and I was, and I was, uh, Mo Schleazy tweeted the other day, he's putting in stuff for, for his own record label where it's 50, 50. And, and, you know, whether that's just talk or not, it's, it's just good to see because there are good people. I think yeah. the general person is a good person and they don't yeah. want to be a shit bag, but, mm-hmm. but, Money manipulates a lot of shit. And I think there's enough good people who are industry professionals, who are managers, talent buyers, A&Rs, what have you, that can run this industry the way it's supposed to be ran. And, mm-hmm. and it's not going to happen overnight. It's definitely not going to. But well, it's a new the- industry. We're still yeah. working it out. That's the reality is like we are still working out what the right, right way to do it is. And um, it's going to take more time. It's going to take more time to realize because art is such a fucking, it's such a weird thing to try and sell anyone, especially music, something that 
in our day and age can just be easily copied and sent and pirated and this, that, and the other. Um, it's, it's, we're learning how to put a value on it, you know? Yes. And I've also seen everyone, um, jumping on this new Audius, uh, uh, platform I as well. have too. What do you think about that? I have my radio show on Audius. I've done it for the last six months to a year. Okay. I don't have my personal discography on Audius, but uh-huh. a lot of it sounds a little sus, but a lot right. of it sounds really cool. So yeah. It's so hard for me. To yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's the future for sure. Like it's definitely, it's a smart, cause like I've been watching um, the similar kind of business model with, with cryptocurrency happening with other things. Right. So um, I've got a friend who sells crypto art and he's selling like basically a computer gif for twenty thousand to fifty thousand dollars, you know, and people are buying them. Yeah. But that's kind of cool because that's like there's only one of these things because it's crypto, so there's only one of them, and there's no way of duplicating it. And if we can get that across with music, I feel like that's what Audius is doing in a sense. They're making it so that nobody can be the middleman in between yeah. you and your your publishing or your money or what your your you should have. Which is and what it's we also need. it's a yeah, it's it's really good in that sense. But then there's also the sense of if you're locked in in that in that way um, and you don't own the copyright, then how the hell do you like undo that? Well, so I've seen people impersonating other right. artists on yeah. the platform, which is yeah. an issue. Which yeah. which which that that is a huge molehill or mountain yeah. that needs yeah. to be you know conquered um, in order for people to not impersonate people like Deadmau. And and because yeah. that's an issue. Um, yeah. However, I think the layout that they have and the people behind them running it, because I remember when they launched X years ago, maybe a year to two years ago, it was like uh, kind of a trend thing. And then mm-hmm. everybody, it just fell off. It didn't stick. They had a bunch mm-hmm. of big artists like Zed's Dead, Brownies Lemonade, concept people supporting it. And then it just disappeared. And, mm-hmm. and I think them coming around this time is it the perfect time where they have everyone's attention as long as they roll it out well and troubleshoot the issues to become yeah. a very promising platform? Yeah, I agree. As soon as they can actually deal like with the customer service side of things and actually like get artists to to be tied into their their own accounts, then I'm all for it. I actually think giving musicians a real currency, which is effectively what it is, they're basically saying, if you make music, here's a currency for you. And it's as valuable as music is, which is cool. It's a good thing, but um, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, There's a lot of like crypto stuff that is being born and then the next day is being shut down. And then, so who knows where that will I genuinely do think, I had this conversation with a colleague of mine um, that crypto will be the future and at one point monetization monetization and money will no longer have value i reckon it's gonna be the next 10 years like china are already doing it they're already decentralizing all their finance so it's uh and japan are also doing it and as soon as asia starts doing something it's 10 years until everyone else does it so yes yes and and especially with our economy just in the trash right now it just continually uh, devalues the the value of the dollar, and mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's going to be very very interesting. And I think our generation are very technologically savvy people, and I personally feel as if people from our generation should be the people running our country because mm-hmm. they're more forward thinking, they're more uh, science based and fact based, and that's the way that you kind of look issues in the eye and deal with them mm-hmm. and find a solution. Um, However, I'm, I'm concerned for people who are a bit older, like our parents' age, and how they're going to make this jump and deal with it. 
have people that that we help that can't even use their phones. You know, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to do this on my phone. So it's like switching to a, a total different value of currency is is very forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because we've got this the biggest divide. It's it's cool being the age that I am because I I was there like gr- when I grew up up into the age of like twelve. There was no internet. There was none. So it didn't exist. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I was on like early adopter of the internet when I was like, yeah, 10. And it was like dial up internet where you have to fucking, no one can be on the landline at the same time and you have to dial in all that shit. What want to download a song? Okay. That's, that's your night. Like you leave it on running all night. And so I'm part of that generation where like we have both and I've seen it. Like my parents had nothing. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, yeah, even trying to train them to use an iPad is, is a, is oh, work. Yeah. So they either, they and, either want to learn or they're like, fuck this. I'm not doing it. That's, that's it. And then on the same flip of the coin, I'm looking into crypto stuff and I'm like, wow, this, this is complicated. It's and complicated. then I speak to kids and they know all about it. And then you're like, okay, so I'm already experiencing this gap, whether I like it or not, it's happening, it's happening. but I'm all about it. I agree with you. I think people who are like over the age of 50 should not be allowed in politics. Full stop. I think if you're not like general age populace, then why are you speaking on behalf of the population? And you just never see, um, you know, there are politicians our age. I went to school at GW for my freshman year and I interned on the Hill. There are kids there who are trying to make a difference, who are very forward thinking. They just don't get the time of day. And, and they're I not just, rich enough. And they're not rich enough. And it's all lobbying and it's all fine yeah. financial, you know, and, and it's just unfortunate because they have great ideas. And and yep. that's what I feel like is brought into our industry right now where you're seeing younger kids come up and their ideas are just so forward thinking, whether it's production wise or concept wise, or I'm going to design this VR to go along with my song. I'm yeah. going to do this. I'm going to create kind of a, a music video that resembles what Michael Jackson used to do and tell a story with my music and stuff that you just haven't seen in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, the, it's becoming like overwhelming how disconnected a lot of the the older generation are, like we're saying. It's, it's things like them not believing in climate change and not like, I don't know, just things that like California's we all know. California's on fire. You guys right? are on fire. It's just visible. It's like sign, every scientist in the world agrees on one thing. You're a politician. You've got to go with that. You have to go with it, whether whether you believe on it or not. Like you have to. And that's just, what science is saying. It's so sad because it just should be like ideally for the people and you should be doing the things in the best interest of your people in your country. And that is just such a concept that is so far lost. At this Can point. you imagine if that was a job that you didn't get paid for? There was no money involved in it whatsoever. You had to do it. You got paid like whatever the wages for that job and that's it. And then you can't lobby. None of that stuff existed. And, and can you imagine how different all the decisions would be? They would just it make the so decision different. based on what, like, what people want and what what they need based you know, on based on countries. You know, said to to be ran on. You know, right? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but that's and, all where it all went wrong, right? That's got to yeah. be where it all went wrong. Yeah, and it's just like even in both political parties, in each convention, you know, they trigger it. They control who gets the nomination. I I truly believe the only person that could have done it without diving deep into this is Bernie. And I I think that that people would have voted for him. People would have showed up 
and and people would have been very passionate about it and i think he would have changed a lot of shit he would have changed things and you know what even if he changed them like totally polarized to the other side it's great like it's good to experience both things learn lessons from both sides of the coin um and yeah it's just we do uh, the, the problem in america which is very different from back in the uk is like i mean it's similar but like we have an option to vote and I feel like the difference between those votes is much more significant than over here. I think that both the parties that you vote for over here are give or take the same party doing give or take the same things with minor, minor like uh, cosmetic differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the issue. Like um, you don't have a choice. You either vote for the guy you hate or a guy you also hate. Like there isn't really anyone who represents the voice of most people. There's no one who's representing a centrist or a, it's basically your, in this country, it's like you're really far right or you're a bit further left, but you're still not even centrist or left compared to the every, everyone else's standards. Yeah, that, that would be correct. And, and it's just going to be very interesting to see what happens after the election actually is decided. To yeah. see, really, I feel like everybody's just kind of in a waiting room on a waiting pedestal because we really aren't going to know how our country is going to proceed forward, especially in our industry until there is a new candidate and until, you know, until the election's over. And, and I really, really, really hope that, that this is put behind us to a certain extent and people with pre-existing health conditions take precautions and and they do the right things, but people are given the opportunity to live and move forward. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They are speaking now about vaccines and there could be one before the end of the year and stuff like that. But even if that happens, I don't think people in this country are going to take it. That's another thing I've learned from being no. here is like most people don't even, won't take a vaccine. No. They just won't take it. So, but then I guess that's also, that's like, that's on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of on you. At that point, it's like, all right, if you don't believe it and you don't want to take it, that's kind of on you. So everyone's going to have to be careful even if a vaccine appears because I, I don't think enough people are going to, I don't think enough people are going to take it. And it just makes me so mad because it's like after all of this, the CDC is changing what they feel was necessary and and the precautions that were necessary to take. And and if a mask even helps or if this was really deemed this dangerous, but it was really only affecting this age bracket. And Florida, people in Florida said, fuck it. We have Mm -hmm. sports games going on with 40,000 people right now. But but yet, if you throw a show, a club show, a socially distanced, you're, you're canceled. You're canceled. You're, you're, yeah, I decided, uh, I decided uh, about three months ago that regardless of uh, what anyone thinks on the internet, I'm just going to do what I think is right and safe. And also, what, like, re- also regardless of what I think is right and safe for COVID, what I think is right and safe for our industry is also like, what upsets me is seeing people who are in our industry um, hating on something that, like, it's your industry. Like, how can you? Thank you. (laughs) Literally. Like I'm, I I see all of these people from the consumer side and industry side as well. Um, I've seen everything from, and I am sure you've seen it as well. All of these kids who are so embedded in the, in the rave scene and the electronic scene and whether they've been here for two years or 10 years, I'm like, do you want an industry to come back to? Because we're at the point where we're we're, getting to that. We're never going to get another festival. Mm -hmm. Like this is it. Yep. And, and it's just so, it's so hard. And I understand social media is just tearing everybody apart and, and people just really have nothing better to do. Yeah. Than, uh, than there's do a lot this. of that. And, and I feel like there should have been like, like an official document put out at the beginning of this, where it was like, Hey, 
This is your opportunity to take a class online, to go get a new hobby, to learn something that you never thought you would have the time to learn about. Because in turn of people not taking those opportunities, it's just become a, a negative, bad energy place known mm-hmm. as Twitter and, and other social media platforms where I think people are just mad at the world. And they're yeah. and 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 projecting. They're, yeah, and they're just projecting. And then and then you've seen artists who are like wanting to cancel other artists for playing socially distant shows or pod shows, but then they're like, oh well, my agents and management had a great conversation and we think it's the right thing to do to move forward and play shows. And it's just because they hadn't gotten the opportunity beforehand. And this is the way that our industry is going to progress and be in this kind of weird ass phase for a long time. And I really, truly do think if, if, if you're not a huge, huge artist and you're an up and coming artist and you don't take advantage of these moments and do things on based on your own morals and making sure things are right, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, I agree. It's cool that to see that a lot of that hate and that like initial um, craziness has calmed down a lot. Yeah, I don't Absolutely. think there are many people being called out for shows now because they know they know what situation we're all in. Like, okay, you. I'm here in America, right? I can't get unemployment. I can't get help from government. I can't get anything like that. I'm just here on my own. The only way I make money in America is by playing music. That's why Visa is for. I can't go and drive an Uber. I can't go down to the grocery store and get a job. Like this is how I earn my money. So I might take a risk or two to do so. I might do that. But you know what? I'm never going to do anything illegal. I'm going to do what is the government are saying I'm allowed to do. And Correct. that's happening in music, but that's happening in every other sector, right? So if you're going to shout at me, go and shout at the fact that people are having dinner in, 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 in a restaurant down the road. Go and shout at the owner of the cinema, the owner of the gym, the owner of everything. People have to get on with their lives. Unfortunately, this is a reality. And if our industry suffers another six months like this, we will not have nope. an industry to come we back to. We will not to. have an industry. And I'm telling you this from top down, from like big, big uh, agencies who are losing $250 million every single month that they stay closed to up and coming artists who this year, we're just talking about Papa Khan. If Papa Khan came out same time the year before and had the same success, that guy would be on his American tour bus right now. And unfortunately, yeah. he's not going to see any benefit to that until next year, until shows can start happening. But, and, you know. Uh, and absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. And I think us using our platforms are, are the right thing to do to express these things. And, and I just wish the people in our community would understand that even if we shut down, even if we said no driving raves, no, no, no pod events, no events at all, we're done. We're done until there's a vaccine. The world would still go on. And right, the world exactly. Is still open. The, Here's the another thing, Lizzie. Would not be saved. Like I've had oh. to go and I've had to go and do shows, right? And I sit on a plane that's full oh. of 400 oh. people, shoulder to shoulder. And I tell you this: one in ten people aren't wearing their masks either, and yeah. it's not being enforced. You yeah. want to have a go at us for trying to squeeze 400 people in a room, shoulder to shoulder? But it happens 600 times a day from Los Angeles Airport. The airlines that got multi-billion billion dollar payouts Mm -hmm. to to an industry that we couldn't even get our fucking bill passed because our president said oh we're gonna wait oh never mind and and it's just and it's just like i'm so glad we're having this conversation because i'm i'm you know i'm an up-and-coming artist and you all are very established and i feel like people need to hear this and the more that people hear this they conceptually get it 
Like mm-hmm. they, they get it. And, and sometimes they just need it laid out to them. That's not on a Twitter war because once you're in the Twitter war and once you're in the argument and you're texting and you're doing whatever, it's very hard to take a step back and say, Hey, like this is what's going on. And I feel so fucking bad for, for ghastly and blunts and blondes and people yeah. who are just trying to make a living because they're touring artists because we don't make money off of our music. And you go to Florida and I walk down the the strip of bars and venues where I have my residency and my venue is the only one running under capacity with mass and force. Right. Exactly. I looked at like I'm a fucking freak if I walk right. into a bar with a mask. Right. So I did a show in uh, I did a show in uh, fuck what is this place called? You were in Orlando, Do- right? No, I don't, yeah, I did that one. I did that okay, driving. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I did that one. So this was like a uh, okay. So it's in. Dolly Parton world where she lives, right? Tennessee in Pigeon Forge. Pigeon okay? Forge, Pigeon Forge. Right. Yeah. So we did this show in Pigeon Forge. I received a lot of hate for it. Okay. There was 70, 70 people in a 1000 capacity venue. There was enough room for every person there to do a backflip wherever they <laughs> yeah. wanted to stand. Right. There was oh plenty of room. God. Meanwhile, meanwhile, when I left the venue, I am in a city that there is three, no, 30,000 people on holiday up and down, going on rides, going on roller coasters. The ho- hotel I stayed in, we both me and Bandles wearing masks in the, in the lift. We get in, in the elevator and the, the guy goes, <laughs> Karen, this guy is with his whole family. They're all naked. They've just got out the pool. No mask. They don't give a fuck. So it's like, you can tell me how dare you go to Pigeon Forge and do this show? Meanwhile, do you think Pigeon Forge gives a fuck? They're still doing what Pigeon Forge does every day by telling me how dare you go there and play to 70 people. It's still going to happen. It doesn't matter whether I do it or not. And if I don't take that show, someone else will take that show because that's where we're at right now. And the artists talking shit on this, it's because they're not getting the offers because if they were getting the offers, I fucking guarantee you they're taking them. They never needed the shows to begin with. And that's another set group of people who I've realized there are a very privileged, wealthy b- bunch of people who have probably ghost written for a bunch. Exactly. Ghost produced for a bunch of big guys and are now massaged into the industry. And they'll happily turn around and go, well, you should have saved better. Or you should, you should have done this better or you should now nah, fuck you, man. How about you back the artist? Cause we're in, this is an art form. And if we're not all in this together, you may as well bend over ju- and be fucking Kanye a million times over. No, literally. Absolutely. And, and those people, I don't even think, I mean, yes, I, I get, I get the people who are massaged cause I know those people who have ghosted, but some of those people they're not artists. They've used no. their money and their mommy yeah. and daddy's money and their their trust fund children and they bought their way into this industry because you can do that. Mm-hmm. And and they have no idea what it means to work hard and they have no idea what it means to actually have a passion and do whatever you're willing to do and sacrifice to be successful and live that passion. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm fucking done with it. Those people don't deserve a spot here ever. No. And no, it sucks don't. for them to have these platforms where they have people get behind them and then all of a sudden they've just got this army with them who's like willing to attack anybody who's playing a show or willing yep. to attack this and that. And I'm just like, take a second, 
Go out of your little bubble because at the end of the day, we aren't living in a third world country. Shit could be a hell of a lot worse than it is right now. And think about how people are living in their personalized lives and how some of them literally don't have money to pay rent and they're not making that money off of Twitch streaming five days a week. I can oh, tell fuck you that. No, no I, I know that for, for certain. That was another thing. I tried to, to Twitch stream for money for a while and I actually felt guilty. After like the first six months, I was like, I feel guilty just being on here and like people donating money to, to get feedback. I feel guilty about doing it. Like six months in, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to work privately. I've got like, I'm, I'm currently in order to earn money. I'm making samples for like every, every company behind the scenes. Right. You guys so just had a big, uh, spice pack, correct? That's right. We've had two now. Yeah. So we had one with virtual riot, which was the spicy rhythm drums. And Within then uh, like a month. Yeah. 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 Well, that was ready to go. So that was okay. like, we, yeah, that's been finished for a year and a bit. Like we've been waiting and waiting, waiting for splice to give us the okay on it. And they gave us the okay that could like everything got shut down. So that was great. Yeah. That was the first one. So it's done really, really well. And now I just dropped, uh, this week it's number actually last week I dropped it. And now it's number two in the charts on splice, uh, mode step base evolution, which is just like crazy amount of samples, 1200 samples of, of, uh, of fire. So I've been doing a lot of that, a lot of like mindless, uh, making loops and stuff like that. Cause and you guys had a lot of live drum samples in that as well, right? This oh, was like tons. your life work. Of samples, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was 10, 10 years of like, oh. there's stuff from all of our tunes in there. It's really, yeah, there's a lot in there, a whole lot. And it's got my voice as well, like singing every single little phrase and little ad libs and stuff. So oh. I noticed there wasn't that much good singing stuff. Uh, yeah. Bunch of no, that stuff's in there. Fucking dope. Did you sing in your new single lost your way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, like, I'm not like fangirling, but like that <laughs> shit, dude, I listened to that and I was just like, this is the best track I've heard all year. Like, I'm not even uh, kidding you. Like, like okay. there's very few times where I listen to things and I think it's so important to like, it, it makes you stand out a lot in electronic music when you use your own voice or you use a vocalist or you use stuff because so many people don't. They just use samples from Splice, you know, pre-drop yeah. or whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the way that you all kind of took your own original style and the style you've always had and intertwined it with the future, the future melodic rhythm shit coming out. It's just, it's phenomenal. It was so easy. This is the oh. thing, like so much easier for now that melodic stuff came back. I mean, it's what we always did. It's what we it's did what like did. back in, back in the start. So yep. for me, it's like, I spent the last five years learning how to use serum and make rhythm sounds like that. That's realistically why I had to catch up and be like, fuck, okay, we don't know how to do any of that stuff. I know how to write a good song. I know how to write like uplifting vibe stuff. But I don't know how to fucking make growls that sound like Satan. Like that's just not, that's not what I spent all my time doing. Like yeah. the first electronic tune I ever made was sunlight. So it wasn't like before then I was just making rock music and recording rock bands, making pop, making R and B stuff like that. First wait, electronic wait, 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 tune. Wait. Going into that really quick. I know we didn't say we were going to touch too much on the past interviewing mm -hmm. questions, but, but explain that because one day I pressed shuffle on your all discography and I was like, I'm listening to a punk band right now. I'm listening to an alternative rock band. Yeah. What? So what made the jump? When did you guys decide to do this? Well, it's always like mode step was, I heard dubstep. I heard like Ruska, Casper, uh, Rusko and Casper's fabric live thing. And I was like, mm -hmm. fuck, okay, this is something else. Went to go and see a bunch of shows and I was like, all right, I'm sold. So how the fuck do you make this? Like, how the fuck do you even go about like, what is this? But to me, it didn't seem like EDM. It wasn't electronic music because I, in the UK, I was always into garage music, uh, into grime music and 
you don't see that as an electronic genre. You just see that as like a culture. Um, it's like urban music. That's how it's described in the UK is urban music. So that's yeah. our, our, our answer to hip hop basically in the UK before UK hip hop became a thing, which it has in the last like five years. But before then we had our own genres, our own music. So always been in bands, always like, uh, recorded other people was in like three or four different rock bands myself. Um, but then when we, when we like decided to do, uh, make a dubstep tune, it was literally the first one I made. Um, I was like, well, fuck it. Let's do it like a song. Like, let's do this how we always do it. Let's do it with instruments. And that was it. That, like, honestly, the rest is history. From then on, we've always tried to make our albums really eclectic. So what you're saying, like you will skip through our stuff and it's like, you get a punk song, you get whatever you get, you get. But a lot of it is, is uh, influenced with electronic stuff in there and like punchy and gives you the electronic feeling. That was always the vibe is trying to like either take the stuff that we like from rock music or the stuff we like from electronic music and try and blend them together in some way. Yeah, no, it's it's so dope because I I would hear that because then I was like, okay, well, I got to start from the beginning now because I love doing that with artists. So I, I kind of heard it go from a strictly rock band because I did engineering for post-hardcore bands, played mm-hmm. bass in a, in a metalcore band and sang mm-hmm. for a very long time before I made this jump to this genre. And you hear that and then you guys, I started to hear you all start to implement the synths in there and and the different forms of electronic music and and then you made the hop to electronic music, but you guys still have a lot of metal influences, whether yeah. it's your voice or the drums or mm-hmm. you, the certain basses that you design. You definitely took a lot from that genre and and built it into the mode step name. Yeah, we never even like. I still, I guess now, I, like since we moved to Disciple, I'd say it's probably more electronic music. And like since we've become a duo, it's more. Yeah, I guess we are an electronic act. But it took me from 2010 to now to be able to gain those skills as an electronic producer, like forget everything I knew before about like drum tone or uh, core progressions or lyrics or yeah, any of that stuff. Yeah. All of that went out the window. It's like, cool. How do I sound design? And it took me up until like, I'd say two years ago when we, uh, when we released higher, I think it was uh, on monster cat. Um, and then started doing the disciple stuff that I was like, you know what? I'm actually comfortable now to call myself, an electronic music producer and go out and DJ. Like I never DJed until two years ago. And now I'm like a comfortable DJ. So. But you guys are still one of the only acts that will do full legit live shows. And that's super yeah. dope. That disciple is like about that. Cause I know a lot of electronic labels don't really like shine their light or have like an approval on that. Cause it's a lot yeah. more, you know, you've got to have a stage hand or stage tech or an audio engineer in the back of yeah. the house, but it, it's, it's super dope. So you've only been working with disciple for two years. I yeah. It's only been so two years. Longer. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. God. Well, actually it might be a bit longer now. So I've been in uh, about two and a half years. Yeah. About two and a half years. We moved here like uh, just over two years ago. So yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. And uh, I think it's, it's cool as well. Cause as we were discussing before, like Disciple is, is a label run by artists. You know, you've got Myro, uh, Astronaut and Dodge and Fusky who run the labels. They're artists themselves. Everyone great. who operates in the label is also an artist. You know, the head of A&R is Vishal from Bandles. You know, everybody is an artist in their own right. And everybody is trying to do things just to help each other out. And like Disciple doesn't make money. Disciple makes enough money to continue being Disciple, which mm-hmm. is how labels should be, man. It should just be a gathering of artists and giving it's each like other... like a collective. Exactly. It is a collective. It absolutely is a collective. And like, I, we owe a lot of this. Like my manager is an artist. You know, I decided at one point in my career that I was sick of these type of people that you're talking about. And I just refused to work with them. And yeah. even when Rossi was like, 
trying to sign us to be our manager, I was like, another manager, like fourth, fifth one, like, nah, you know what? I'm all right. Like, but he managed to, he, yeah, he got us over here and convinced me pretty, pretty he quickly. He seems great. He seems He's wonderful. the best. Yeah. He yeah. really is just a genuinely nice human being. Uh, and just, uh, like he was a fan. So like Pat was in a rock band called funeral for a friend, which is okay. like a well-known emo band. Yeah. And, uh, Rossi was like a huge fan of that band. So oh, even no just way. for him okay. to have like the, uh, to be managing someone who played in one of his favorite bands and like Pat's taught Rossi how to play drums. Like this is all oh, just, this is all just artists just helping See, each other. And, just- and that's so beautiful. And that's okay. So that's the one thing that when I came into this industry that I'm seeing now because in quarantine, cause people are making money off of it, having a Patreon or having mm-hmm. feedback sessions where people donate or sub or whatever. Yeah. Like nobody wanted to share their secrets. Whereas right. like, whereas like in rock music and metal music, you're like, yo, like, let me sit down and show you this riff. Let's mm-hmm. let's work on this chord progression together. Yeah. Oh, like you can play drums for this and, yeah. and I'll walk you through how to do this. And everybody wants to share knowledge and share information mm-hmm. and build everyone up together. And then when you came here, I couldn't even be like taught how to fucking side chain. You're like, oh, you're stealing my shit. You're stealing my shit. That's like, what it was like what? in the early days. And now it really seems to have flipped on its head. And that information is like, if you just jump on Discord for one day and you try and get like a million presets, guaranteed you could probably make that happen. Like Absolutely. there are so many people, like even me, like as a producer, I'm in my thirties and I'm still trying to find out new things that kids are doing. I can jump on Discord and be like, hey guys, how do you do it? And they'll be like, yeah, sure. I'll show you, I'll show you how I did that. Like, And, it's and that's great. amazing. It's amazing. Never had that back in the day. Never had it. We didn't even have YouTube tutorials. The only way I would learn back in the day was crawling through like old drum and bass forums, trying to find interviews with like oh. Noisia on how they process stuff and then trying to make, make sense of their like slightly broken English breakdown of exactly what they've done on a signal flow. But like, it doesn't make sense until someone shows you it, at least me anyway. I'm so, a super visual learner too. So like, yeah. I get that. And, and mm-hmm. now you can just put it into Google and you'll get 20 different visuals of, yep. that just break it down to you in 60 seconds. And, yep. and that's why it's like, I get that this is hard. Producing isn't easy. It comes with time, especially training your ear. And, mm-hmm. and But at the same time, you're the only one stopping yourself at this point. Like you yeah. saying there's an excuse that you can't learn how. There's so many people taking lessons. There's so much free knowledge between Reddit and Discord and YouTube and and different collectives and societies that have started up like Defire Society where they've got people like Bad Clat and Odd Profit doing feedback sessions. And it's $30 a month. It's $35 a month. You know, it's it's cheap money. And, and that's just kind of like your investment within yourself. But I, I've had also people say that, you know, it's kind of scary because now everybody can learn how to do it. But I still think you have to be innovative because people Yo, who die, you can, Anyone you can know? go and learn a guitar. Anyone can go yeah. and pay for a lesson to go and learn guitar. Yo, just putting this out there. I paid for a one-on-one session with Odd Profit. I did too. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's no shame in it. There's no, no fucking shame in it. learning is great. Like, like if you ever think you're too good to learn, you need to like get up your high horse because there's exactly. always new techniques. And, and, you know, new VSTs, when Phase Plant came out, I was like, fuck, I don't know how to fuck with this shit. And then I got a lesson with Odd Profit. And I was like, teach me how to do this, please. And, and there's nothing wrong with it. And you're supporting other artists. You're exactly. Giving, you know? He's happy to take your money. Happy to take Absolutely. your fucking money, especially right now. Yeah. 
And that, you know, I found that as well. Like uh, in the UK, people are a lot more precious about their secrets. So like we would never say die before we were with uh, Disciple had like a few releases on never say die. And I got to work with like Zomboy and a few people like that. And they were very, very like, they didn't want you looking over their shoulder and knowing what they were doing. And then I moved over here and I'm like next door neighbors with virtual riot. And I can be like, Hey Val, how do you like do everything? And he'll bring out a whiteboard and fucking write it exactly how it's supposed to be done. And that was just such a refreshing new feeling to me because I never had that before. I never had someone who had like enough faith in me as an artist to be able to go, you know what? I'm just going to put you in a room with another artist. And I know, because I trust you that you're going to get what you need from this. And I did within like three sessions working with virtual riot, I wrote echoes EP. And then it's like, boom, there you go. Like it's uh, it, all it takes is for one person to inspire you and teach you a new way of looking at things for you to express yourself in a whole new way. Absolutely. Like literally that's it. And, and it's like certain things, whether it's achievements or shows when shows happen, it's like, I would get a show or I'd get like, like my first big label signing to cannibal. And I was like, fuck dude, like this is great. And it gives you that motivation. And especially going to someone who's making music within the same subgenre as you that has a totally different approach. And it just like mm-hmm. opens your eyes and you have to be receptive to it. You have to not have a bullhead, but most artists are, are pretty, you know, if they're willing to learn, they're willing to see new techniques and stuff. Like I had a breakthrough lesson with, with bad clap the other day with processing and using span and, and finally seeing my levels and being like, Oh fuck. But yeah, but sometimes I'll get, stems back from a collab and everyone's got every track frozen everything flattened down and i can't see shit and i'm just like damn okay like that's fine it's okay that you don't trust me but it's all right it's all right i get it um it's also cool that you've got this generation of kids coming through who like technically can't produce in like a technical sense but all. the music they're fucking making is mind-blowing like more, it's like mind-blowing he's the he's the perfect example of that because everything yeah. like i've seen the way that he mixes down and and I had him on XO radio like when he was just 14 and and I remember having to talk to his mom to get the mix from him and I was just dying but it was great and and it's just like he's like yeah like I just like make stuff that sounds cool and like that's all it is that's all it is that and, is and, what it is yeah and while there is a technical understanding uh to be able to be knowledgeable to communicate with other industry professionals is dope at mm-hmm. the end of the day it either sounds good or it sounds like shit and nobody mm-hmm. cares how you got there. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. And sometimes I've had like uh, one-on-ones where I've done a collab with someone and I've been like, how do you make this thing that is like your sound? How do you do that? And then they show me and I'm just like, oh, oh, that wasn't anything. That was yeah. just like, you just did nothing there. And that's what that is. They're like, yeah. And you're like, oh, you're not even like, you're not what I, th- I thought you were a scientist saying you were like cooking this up. No, it was just a happy mistake, you know? And then yeah. that carries with them forever. Happy mistakes are great. Ah, it's the best. It's, it's, it's anyone who thinks that there's no more to be learned in music and production. It's like, man, anytime I get an opportunity to learn anything from anyone, I'm all ears. Even like when I was doing feedback streams, if I heard a sound in a feedback stream, I'm like, how the fuck was that made? I will hit up that person and try and find out how the hell they did that. Even if they're like got 200 followers, I found myself going on to like, the discord of a kid who was like a 14 year old producer and like fight his own personal discord, finding it going in there under mode step and be like, Hey guys. And everyone be like, uh, why the fuck is mode step in this like discord for me and my friends? Yeah, definitely did. And I still speak to him and like still send each other tunes. They're still making fire. This is the thing. And I'm still learning and also teaching. Like I can give something for everything I learn, you know? I feel like, 
that's the future. And I feel like for the first time ever, I looked at the industry for so long, especially when I was new to it, when I finally understood. When, when I was 18, I thought festivals just popped up. I thought they were brought in a box. The box was <laughs> Like the circus. Yeah, like the circus. And then the festival was just there. And, and, and learning more once I got intertwined with it about the back end. Um, it's just, it's so interesting and so intriguing to learn about everybody's past and the way that they have kind of come to light within the scene. And, and when I was first looking at it, I was like, a lot of these people who you get uh, middle tier billing, I feel like they don't make the music to like replace people like you all and the Dons once you guys decide, hey, we're going to be off the touring circuit. We've reached a certain age. We're not going to do it anymore. And, and now after quarantine, I feel like we're finally hearing music where oh, I'm like, definitely. that's a fucking hit. Like that mm-hmm. kid could take Zed Stead's place when they're done. Mm-hmm. That kid could take Marshmello's place when they're done. And it's so cool. It's so it's awesome. cool. Yeah. It's cool. Um, also, there's been a bunch of them that, like, I personally found, or like, I was the one to give them the exposure, which On I was the like, Insomniac Stream. You've been playing a bunch of like uh, everyone's. I don't know everyone's. how to pronounce his name. He just had. He was on EXO Radio, but he had um, uh, Never Say Die, um, EP on Black Label. Jaquie. G- G- Jordan. Oh, Jaquie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what so a legend. When, what a legend. When you started supporting him, he was freaking out. He was freaking out, and like. I've seen you do that to so many new kids who really just deserve it because they've worked their ass off to this point. Mm -hmm. But it Mm -hmm. only takes someone like you to give them the time of day once to take your whole demographic and following and push them onto this new person. I love it. I absolutely love it. There's nothing I like more than somebody giving me new, new and exciting music to listen to and fire for my DJ sets. Are you kidding yeah. me? I want to have the best DJ set out of everyone. Every time I go up to perform, it's like I want people to walk away and go, holy fuck, I need to see that again. Like, what the fuck yeah. was that? That's music I never heard, but I knew it, but like it felt familiar, but it didn't, but like I liked it. That's, that's what I want from a DJ set. And then just to be like, nothing can replace that feeling. I have to go and see that again. And like being able to rep these kids who are making these tunes that are making me feel this way, I want to push that on, you know, and then blend my music in, my stuff as well. And just, yeah, like the more choice you have as a DJ, obviously the better. So anyone who's listening to this, if you think you're big, small, medium, whatever size, just hit me up. My DMs, they're always open. Send me tunes. Always, always, always. Yes. Oh no, it's so great. And it's like the, what you were talking about with the smaller labels, like Odeo and Halicon and Mm -hmm. Rushdown Chimes label, all Mm -hmm. of these kids who are just making such bright, interesting music. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it's great. Yeah. The whole, the whole new generation is like, is pushing forward no matter what happens. You've seen like Never Say Die get a bit smaller. It's interesting since I heard that to, uh, Tommy Schism is like not really doing too much with, with Never Say Die anymore. Like he stepped thing. down. Yeah. And um, it's interesting since the artist, the guy who, in my opinion, made the label happen because he was an artist and he was making good music, DJing. He's like, in his own right, an amazing artist. As soon as he steps down, the label doesn't have that feeling anymore. It does. You can tell it's not being headed by a, a musician anymore. And yeah. that's why I like, that's where the future is. And that's why, I, you know, I have to give all props to Ulasol because all the music coming out on yes. that label is amazing. And, um, I also was going to do this at the start of the year. I was going to start up a label and I just thought, 
I, I looked into it. I had so many people ready to sign and I just thought, you know what? I don't have time for this. And I, I think it's also a, 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 a move on my part that's honest. Like I want to do it. I was about to say, that's good that you're being honest with yourself. Because yeah, because the last thing I want to do is start something and then six months down the line, let down every artist that that like put all their time in me and, and faith in me. But I will do it at some point when I have the time and like we're not in these crazy times and not having to get six jobs. So like, you yeah. just don't know what the future is. You have no idea what the future holds. Like you can, you literally cannot plan for six months ahead from now. You no. have no idea what's going to happen. No, this is no the thing idea. as well. Like moving to Austin, my luck, watch what will happen. I'll move to Austin and then LA will open and everything will start again. Like, but the beauty is I can do that. Like there's nothing to stop me just going to Austin six months, then coming. That's one great thing about America and the United States is like, everyone has different, diff, different opinions and different tolerances to things. And you can kind of just go wherever that, that feeling is. And, you know, I guess that's why a lot of people who are here and came to California on this promise of, of liberalism and this promise of like people being good to each other and every working as a community, but kind of a false promise. I don't think it was real. That and did Corona, not age well. No, it exactly. I think, well I think they have now really ex- like Corona has just exposed a city that isn't, claiming to be one thing, but it's probably like one of the most conservative cities out there. I mean, yeah. conservative, conserving is literally what they're doing right now. They're doing a conserving and they're supposed to be the most liberal left voting city on the planet. supposed to be the most liberal of the liberal. And, and yeah. on the other side of the country, uh, the people sitting exactly in your situation pretty much are, are the people in New York. And, and right. it's sad because there's such hubs for, for art and performance in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry and food and culinary arts, just arts all over the board. And uh, both cities are going to have a, a good time of, of rehabilitation that's going to mm-hmm. be needed in order to LA needs to get the fucking homeless problem under wraps. Every oh, time I go so on bad. Facebook or so Twitter, bad. And I don't even live there. I live in Florida, you know? So it's like for me to see videos of what's going on out there is just like, conservatism is exactly what it is it's being a conservative it's not being liberal in any sense it's being as republican as you can be allowing people just to fucking die in the streets and and locking people away in their homes and saying well fuck you you i have no idea when you're going to be able to get out that's conservatism it's 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 the epitome and then on the other side you've got texas who's supposed to be conservative giving the most freedoms it's bizarre it's honestly florida said fend for yourself I don't what fucking does, care. Make your money. What does uh, Florida vote? Like, what? what is it a left or right vote? We are always a swing state where, okay, where Texas is red, red. So, yeah. like, Donald Trump has been here every weekend for the last, like, every other weekend for the last right. two months. Same mm-hmm. with Biden. Hmm. Florida, I believe Michigan, and we've got one other, per, one other state that's going to be a swing state. And that's going to deter the election. I, I, I think, really do believe Florida. I think Florida is going to be red point. this year. I think Florida is red this year. I mean, if you look at like the People fact that miserable. it's opened. Yeah. I mean, it's open. They're all happy again. And then Biden's going to come in and say, I'm going to relock you down. And Trump's going to be like, fuck it, open it up. Obviously they're going to go for that guy. Obviously they're going to go for that guy. It's the only I'm thing scared. that really affects them. I yeah, also it's don't want to a- start living in a communist country though. Like I don't like, yeah. like we're, yeah, 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 based, yeah. we're based on the, the willpower of, you know, our constitution and our amendment rights mm-hmm. and our right to vote. And mm-hmm. I just hope that there are enough strongholded people in office that will honor the right of democracy when it comes down to it. 
but I don't know at this point. I don't know. I don't know. Is democracy even fair in this country? That's a whole that, other debate. No, that's Who a knows? whole other debate. Who yeah. knows? I mean, it's collegiate, uh, so like officially not, right? The the collegiate system or whatever it's called. The yeah, that's yeah, that's not fair. So I I don't know. I don't know how like the the, the ins and outs of it. I just know I don't want to hear about it too much. No, too much. And, more and you can't put on year. the media. You can't. You can't watch Fox. You can't watch CBS. You can't watch NBC because it's all. It's all. They shouldn't even be. Uh, Fox said the other day because they were getting fact-checked because they're really news, but they're claiming themselves as entertainment because now everybody just yeah. says it's propaganda and everyone's just saying their opinion and their side mm. of the story, and that's what it is. And if they're not going to show you shit that you don't want to see, just like the other mm-hmm. news station won't show you shit they're going to see. They're all well, this is a problem a with Twitter picture. as well. Now Twitter is becoming like an echo chamber for its own thoughts as well, and now you're getting like extremes on either side. I just want someone who just deals in truths. That's really what I want. Yeah. Like you, you would think that's not a hard concept, but it's Mm. just, it seems like it's impossible over the last six months. Too much money involved in it. Because you've got the story and then you've got his side of the story and you've got her side of the story. And, and it's just so much money driven. And, and the people who sit at the top of this country sit at the top of the country with, with a gap the size of the Rocky mountains in between them and everybody Mm. else. I really feel like if there was a third option and that third option, it wasn't left or right and it was down the center, they've won by a landslide this year. They and it's just a shame there isn't and, no and representation. It's, and it's sad because this is how fucked it is that, that, again, this could be something that I'm seeing that's not true. But from my understanding, politicians who have taken the third party position, there were quite a few of them and they were getting banned on Facebook and blocked yeah. on Twitter because yeah, yeah, they were yeah. trying to bring people together. Yeah, and, that's and weird. And doesn't want that. And it's yeah, so that was weird. strange. That was very strange. I mean, it's clear that like Twitter is as far left politically as it can be. You know, they, yeah. they block things left, right and center. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like the fact that they were blocking things from third party was very sus, very strange. Super sus. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Who knows how this is going to go? I'm like... On this week's edition of yeah. Fucked Up America. Ooh, really, like, you just don't know. Like what I said, like we're just kind of in a waiting room right now. And I think everybody, uh, if they're able to vote in the country, they just should. They should. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and I get it. Both candidates fucking suck. They suck. And, vote and third party. If you don't want to vote and yeah. you, you don't want your vote to go to waste, vote third party because those votes do not go to waste at no. all. Find no. someone who you like the policy of and just vote for them. Because yeah. even if you're not voting for one or the other, people say, oh, that's a wasted vote. But if those percentages go up, those people have more power. So I vote agree. for them. Fucking yep. vote for those guys. If you oh. don't think, if you don't want to vote for a giant douche or a turd sandwich, I think South Park put them as. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Did you watch the South Park special? Yeah, the pandemic oh, special was. Oh my goodness! I was classic dying. South Park. They killed it they as killed always. It. I remember I was just on the couch. I was on the couch with my dog, and I was just watching it. And I was like, "This shit right now is just." I was, I was away. Drop I, mic moments at the end, yeah. as always. Oh my goodness! It it legendary. The the show's legendary in itself, but but what what a, what a concept! I'm just gonna come and do a pandemic special, no season, no anything, and then I'm gonna be out. Wild. Yep, and say um, everything they needed to say in that one episode. In and then, one one hour, they summed up all of 2020. Um, are you guys doing any? You guys have done quite a few Insomniac streams. Are you guys doing any streams yeah. coming up? Um, any streams? I don't think we've got any planned. You know, it's 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 funny how like at the start of of all of this, those were really getting crazy numbers and really like were popular. 
Yeah, it's all become a little bit uh, like a, of an afterthought. I'm still doing them. Um, and if they come up, I'll definitely still do them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been cool for me to actually work with Insomniac because I've only done a few things for them um, up until this point. And I guess that's the silver lining of, of all of this being in LA and, and being one of the few artists still here able to do stuff. It's been yeah. cool to actually get in with them and, and do a bunch of those sets. And they've, they've really paid dividends like for gaining an audience in, in, in the States. Absolutely. And I would like to think too, you guys fit nothing more than to be on their base stages as well. Right. Or, yeah, know, that's events. what I think. Yeah, that's what I think. Because they have like a lot of historic acts who are still current and doing things. And I think we've proved ourselves in most markets at this point that like people um, are willing yeah. to listen and they'll show up. So um, yeah, yeah. You so you would think it's like we'll see. But you know, there are a lot of young kids who also need to take these the, the limelight off us old fuckers. So I'm also happy whoever they want to book. I'm sure they do a great job. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I I just I just want people to be on lineups who are musicians who just deserve to be there. And I know that's Mm -hmm. asking too much because that's never the way it goes. Yeah. But 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 it gives it's becoming more and more that way. Yes. I absolutely agree. And I think there's new promoters and talent buyers who are coming into the scene a little bit before this that will be around after that yeah. are really interested. People like Grindfest in Texas. Mm-hmm. They're just booking people who make great music. And and mm-hmm. and and the people and like the the biggest issue we've kind of run into is is people not knowing you exist because once mm-hmm. they know you exist, they fucking love you. And mm-hmm. it's like getting promoters and talent buyers to take that risk of believing in you as a project, which is hard when you don't have the statistical numbers because mm-hmm. then once you're in that moment they're like, yeah, this was the right decision. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's... Even numbers don't even play a huge part in it anymore, you know? It's, uh, it's a weird one. I feel like promoters go on, like, a hype, like, on a, on a, on a what... Yeah, like... And a lot of the agencies. I get the agencies that yeah. don't I totally yeah. get that, especially being with Leo. Like, we, we yeah. dealt with that a lot. I know you guys have, too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just it's, it's just finding the right time and place. But uh, do you have any more music for us this, this year? Any more music for you this are we, year? Are we hanging out until 2021? There's a drum and bass tune, but I don't think it, it might drop this year. But it won't. Ooh. It's not. It's not dubstep. It's not on disciple. Um, okay. But we'll see. Like that's we'll see. as far as music. I've got like a few things finished, but um, I know they want me to finish up an EP. But it'll happen when it when it fucking happens. It I happens, don't even know. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that new song. It got um. It got an upload to UKF, right? I think I got mm-hmm. a little notification. That's that's fucking dope. Um, but yeah, I, I thank you so much for coming on today. Anytime. I think the conversation was great. Thank you for inspiring the people who are gonna listen and just like telling the truth. No, no, no worries. coding, no filters. I feel like Yeah, way no too bullshit many from me. You know yeah. what you know what I'm Always. I'm like, no bullshit. And like the thing is, like anyone who disagrees with anything I say. Instead of just being like, fuck that guy, come talk to me. Every day I have like, if you're going to, if you come to me with a rational response on Twitter, I will always reply. Absolutely. If you're not rude and you come with like a genuine, like, let's have a discussion. I reply to everyone That's all the, the way time. To do it. Yeah. yeah, but like most of the time, people will apologize to me at the end of the damn conversation. People that's, aren't that's rational, fact. And, yeah. and they and 
I just feel like people think everyone's mean and everyone's mm-hmm. out to get them and all everyone's nice in on their own individual basis. Absolutely. They've got reasons for not being nice and you need to speak to them about those problems. There's more good people in this world than not good people. And it's just being able to communicate, which a lot of us don't know how to do anymore because of social media in a way mm-hmm. to get past the bullshit and actually have a real conversation. Because, you know, sure. you damn well know they wouldn't say that to your face. If they were, trust me, I know it. Yeah, trust me, I know it. A lot of people say things on the internet and then their tail is tucked between their legs in real life. That is fact. Fact. Absolutely. But thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. I really hope um, you either make the move or LA decides to uh, make a decision sometime soon. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the internet will still work after the election. No, oh, don't, don't. <laughs> That's scary. I know, I know, right, right. So um, right. I'll go back to the UK if that happens. Trust me, I need the internet. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Goodbye, everyone. Have a good one.